What's going on, Victory Church? How you doing? So good to have you here this morning. My name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. What a day to be at Victory Church. Amen? Amen. Hey, listen, you heard Pastor Brian say right after service we're going to have baptisms. I want to encourage you. Uh, I know we got a lot of family who are here to see their family members be baptized. It, even if it's not your family, we're a family as a church. And so I know, you know, we got, we got breakdown and we got stuff going on. If you're fasting, you shouldn't be trying to get to a restaurant. Uh, don't worry about the football. The team's going to lose anyway. And so we, what you want to do is want you to sit around and be able to watch these people uh, testify and, and proclaim what God is doing in their life. And so let, let's do our best to stay around and celebrate that. I know mostly uh, they're excited that their family's here, but let's come along as a churchside family uh, uh, and support them as well. Amen? When you came in, you probably got something like this, uh, just a few invitations when you came in. There's actually even more as you're leaving, but let me just real quick explain this to you. As Pastor Brian said, next Sunday, we turn one years old. If you're visiting, hey, we've only been open for 51 weeks as a church, and we've already seen God uh, lead 75 people to commit their heart to Jesus. Come on, that's incredible. And, and we got seven more people being baptized today that we can't wait to celebrate with. And the reason we gave you this is because we have a vision. There are 36,000 people who don't know Jesus in our zip code. We believe that all 36,000 of those people are going to give their heart to Jesus. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. And so the best way we do that, the best way we can get people in this house to give their heart to the Lord and then to find their purpose, because that's what we believe here at Victory, that you're here on purpose because you have a purpose. So you may be visiting, but listen, God's got a purpose for you right here in this church to change lives. The seven people that are being baptized today, their lives were changed because people who are sitting by you in these seats, because they served and they gave their heart to the Lord and so on, so on. And so what we want to ask you to do is to help us just by inviting people. Statistics say that you know seven people, seven people that I don't know. You know a lot more than I don't know, but at least seven people that care about your direction. They care about your opinion. And so when you tell them, hey, this is an incredible church. Why don't you come check it out? We're going to have treats. We're going to have different special things happening because it is our birthday. But more than anything, we're going to gather. We're going to hear the word. We're going to worship. And it's going to be a great day. Amen. So if you need more, take them as you're leaving. Give them to your waitress. Give them to your waiter. Give them to your grandmama's pappy's sister's dog's cousin. Whatever you got to do, give them. Uh, real quick, one more thing. I got, I got to just shout out Miss Erica Hogwood. Miss um, Erica has put together our vision on paper, and I love it. We, we are not just a church that says you need to come here on Sunday, get a kind of a cool feeling, and then go back into your regular world. We believe we're supposed to be making disciples. And so the way we do that as a church is just kind of an eight-step process. Seven of them are on this particular bookmark, and I'll explain the other one real quick. But what we want to do is we want to show you that are visiting. We want to show those who are freshly committed to the Lord how you go from, from new to the Lord to being able to operate in your purpose. And so we got to just a little, it's a very easy step process. And so here's what I love about our steps is that just by attending today, you could jump all the way to step three. Here's what I mean by that. Step one's attend church. Step two's commit your heart to the Lord. Step three is sign up for water baptism. So you could already accomplish that today by the time the service is over. So how many eight-step plans can you jump to step three on the first day, right? Pretty awesome. And then step four is growth track. Step five, you join a dream team. You find your purpose. Step six and seven deal with small groups and what we call victory groups, which we'll be launching. You're going to hear me talk a lot about that next week after service. And then step nine is leadership. Or I'm sorry, step eight is leadership that we don't have on here. Because once you've done those things, then we start saying, all right, where does God want to use you to impact in leadership even above what you're currently doing? Amen. 
Listen, y'all, I'm not playing any games. You were not created to just be here. You were created to change lives. And that's why God has you here, because you will do that through this ministry and through this community, and I'm so happy for it. Amen? Give me that water bay right there by your leg. Um, if you got your Bibles, open to the book of Romans, chapter 7. Romans, chapter 7. So the book Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. If you don't have your Bible, don't worry. You can follow us uh, right behind the screen on me. You can follow us on the app or as most people do in 2019, almost said 2018, you can look at on your phone, right? And so not many people have the paper Bible. Now we're moving into the phone world. But as long as you're following along with the word. Romans chapter 7, we're going to pick up at verse 15, but before you go there, uh, let me be able to kind of give you some backstory. We are in a series right now called Turn Down, Turn Down. This series is all wrapped around the idea that we are going to turn down self and turn up God in our life. And so as you kind of heard Pastor Brian allude to, we've been coinciding this series with a church-wide fast. And so we're really excited because next Sunday we get to break our fast. And we just believe that as we're starting 2019, the best way we can start 2019 is to turn ourselves down and turn God up. And we've just been looking at all the benefits of what happens when, when we deny ourselves and we fully tune into God more than we normally would. And we just believe because of that, 2019 is going to be the best year yet. And so last week we looked at a letter that the apostle uh, Paul, was his name, wrote. He once was Saul, now he's Paul. God changed his name. And he wrote this letter to a church in Rome. And we kind of walked through it. And what he really did is he let us see just how much we are controlled by self. In case you're wondering, in case you think, oh, I'm not controlled by self, you know you are. You know you are. And I love the way Paul puts it. I'm going to refresh our memories by reading it real quick. Here's what it says. It says, I do not understand what I do. Anybody? Anybody? Just me? All right. We got six of you that are going to tell the truth in church today. I do not understand what I do. <laughs> For what I want to do, I do not do. I want to do this, but I don't do this. I do this. I don't want to yell at my kids, but I yell at my kids. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. I understand that these things are bad. And I really want to do the good things. But even though I want to do the good things, something about me does the bad things. And maybe y'all are just, maybe I'm on a couch and y'all are just my spiritual psychiatrist right now. But this is me. And as it is, it's no longer I myself who do it, but it's the sin living in me. And we talked last week, we had this illustration with Tim on a chain and how it's not necessarily us, but it's our sinful nature that's taking us into that. And for I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is in my sinful nature. He goes on to say, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I can't carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but instead I do the evil that I do not want to do. I love that Paul was so real. This I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it's no longer I who do it. But it's the sin living in me that does it. It's the chain pulling me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin that's at work within me. What a wretched man I am, who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be 
to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature, a slave to the law of sin. We read that last week, and we got to that end where Paul says, what a wretched man am I? We talked about how that's, this is how we tend to look at ourselves. I'm a horrible person. But then Paul says, who can rescue me? Thanks be to God, Jesus Christ can rescue me. Yes, we can be rescued. Yes, we don't have to continue to do this. Yes, and we left out of here fired up. God's going to make our choices for 2019. We don't have to be subject to this nature. We are rescued. Yay, it was a great principle. I understand that Jesus sets me free. I think you do too. I think you've probably been to a church service before where through the process you started to realize I need to change and you left out wanting to change and you left out feeling free. I'm free. But then Tuesday comes, Wednesday, Thursday, don't get me started on Friday. And now all of that desire to do good has gone out the window. And I, here was my whole deal for Paul. I understand that Jesus sets me free. Teach me how to stay free. I understand that I'm free in Jesus. You're free. Right now, you're free. But how do I stay free? How do I stay free when my child is getting on my last nerve? How do I stay free when my spouse isn't quite seeing eye to eye? How do I stay free when I'm lonely, when I'm bored, when nobody's around me, when my boss makes me want to do that, wants me to lay hands on him spiritually? You know what I mean? What, 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 what do, how do I stay free? And that's what I want to talk about just for a moment today is the practice behind the principle. What's really cool about this is if we're not completely educated about the letter to Rome, we, we will think that Paul kind of left us hanging. Like Paul was going, this is, uh, he's going to set you free, bye. <laughs> whoa, whoa, come back, finish, where's the punchline to the story? I, I, I'm going to need more. This is not really how Paul wrote the letter. He didn't write it in chapters, okay? So Paul just wrote this long letter to the Church of Rome, and then man took it, translated it, put it into chapters and verses so that you and I would have an easier time referencing it, so that when we read it, we knew we could go to chapter 8, verse 4, and da 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 But Paul didn't write it that way. Paul didn't write Romans 7 and then stop and go, well, what do I want to write in Romans 8? It didn't work that way. It was one long letter. And what I love about that is Paul does actually give us the practice Behind the principle, okay? We got to pick it up in Romans 8.1, though. Now, so watch this, Romans 8.1. So imagine that that verse we read never stopped. Therefore, as a result of all of this, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what we talked about last week. That sinful nature is pulling you. You don't want to do. You don't want to do. Jesus understands that. That's why he came to be able to die for you so that sinful nature would no longer control you. So there is no condemnation in those who are in Christ Jesus. When the devil tries to tell you you're a bad, bad person, don't listen to that. Don't listen to that. I know I'm a bad person. I get it. But I'm in Christ Jesus. Right? And so no condemnation. But then here's what I love. You ready? Because through Christ Jesus, catch this, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set us free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit has set us free from the law of sin and death. Here's what Paul said. My freedom came. When one law, sin and death, was replaced with another law, spirit. My freedom came through replacement. 
Do you remember last week when I said, I don't think freedom is when chains are gone. I think freedom is when you change your chains. I, I think we're always chained to something. I'm going to look more into this, but, but I believe we'll always be slaves to something. You're going to always worship something. It's either God or it's something of the world. We're always going to be chained to something. So it's not breaking the chains. It's changing who we're chained to. Next week, I'm going to talk about reward, and we're going to really get into this. What are we chained to? It's going to be incredible. You don't want to miss it. But, but, but what is, it's the process of changing what we're chained to. So listen to me. My freedom is not in stopping something. My freedom is in replacing it. Many of you know that Darla is vegan. Um, she, she surprised me as a birthday present one morning. Not, it wasn't really a birthday present, but I went to bed. We were normal humans when we went to bed. And... <laughs> I woke up that morning, and I was making a eggs, biscuit, and bacon breakfast. Let me warn you, with us fasting, my food illustrations are going to be of high volume, okay? <laughs> Just letting you know. So I'm in there, I'm making the eggs, and I'm stirring, I'm getting ready to cook this breakfast, and Darla goes, uh, babe, just so you know, I'm vegan. I thought it was a sickness or something. I was like, we need to take you to the hospital, and to get you a shot. What's wrong with you? Um, you don't like vegetables no more? Because I'm down with that, you know? And the more she explained it to me, I just said, hey, listen, that's cool. That's, you stay in your lane. That's cool. But don't bring it on me. You know what I mean? I, I, I like to, to eat this stuff. Don't bring it on me. And, and she had a little smirk, and I understood her smirk later. She knew that she cooks in the house. I don't cook because I can't. I can make a mean peanut butter and jelly, but that's where it stops. So she knew she cooks. So here's what she knew. You will eat what I make you. Or you can go on somewhere. That's what she knew. I actually see it all in her face. And so I just started getting worried. I was like, all right, so that means a lot of the stuff that I like to eat is just out the door, right? So now fried chicken, bye-bye, uh, uh, steak, bye-bye. I could do this all day, y'all. I, I got all these meals. But one of the things that I loved so much that I thought she wouldn't touch, y'all ever had a s'mores dip? Oh, so glad you didn't say anything because let me educate you for a moment. You take a skillet and you put like chocolate and marshmallows and you put it in the oven, and you cook it, and it melts down, and then you get it out, and you put some type of, like, Cool Whip on it, and you put all these graham cracker pieces in it, and you take the graham cracker, and you dip it, and it's like a dip. <laughs> and when you dip, I dip, and we dip, you know what I mean? I just, oh. And I, was, I thought, hey, we, we're going to be able to have that. It ain't got no chicken in it. Like, we can have this. And she goes, well, here's the deal. The gelatin that's in it, they make it from the skin of animals. I'm like, oh, stop it. Stop it. And, and so we couldn't have it anymore. So I just knew that was gone too. It's my whole life is gone. I have no reason to be, even be alive. And so uh, a while goes by, and we had, we were, there was this uh, neighbor we had in an apartment complex when we first moved here, and we were trying to get them to come to Victory. And so we invited them over for dinner. And, and, and we kind of, me and Darla do like a two-punch thing where, where she, she cooks and I entertain the guests, you know, and they just kind of do what we do. So I'm entertaining him, and she's cooking food. I don't even know what it is. I'm just assuming it's vegan. And so she brings the meal. It's a vegan meal. It's, she makes a lot of great vegan meals. Um, and so we're eating that. We're enjoying it. And then she takes that away, and she's making dessert, and I'm sitting there talking to the husband. We're having a good time. And she comes, and she sets down right in front of us this skillet of s'mores dip. And I'm like, God is real. And so I looked at her, and, I'm, and then I, it hit me. I'm like, okay, we've got guests over. They're obviously not vegan, and she doesn't want to deal with all that or offend them or anything, so she just, she's going to bite the bullet. She's just going to make it and give it to us, and great. So, man, me and the guy, we just started tearing it. I'm talking about, like, whole half of the skillet is gone in, like, 3.5 seconds. Like, we just, all right, all right, just going at it, going at it. And I happened to look up, 
And Darla is like standing there looking at me with one of them looks. You know what I'm talking about? Like one of them like, what did you do? And she goes, is it good? That's how I knew. (laughs) You don't ask a grown man if a s'mores dip is good. That's a definite yes, right? So I said, why are you asking me that? And she walked over, she took a graham cracker, and she got a big scoop of it, and she ate it. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. I said, what? what, what how, how, how is this? What did you do? What did you do? And she goes, well, I replaced the gelatin. I said, well, what did you replace it with? More s'mores? More marshmallow? What did you replace it with? She goes, I, I replaced it with the juice from a can of chickpeas. Y'all ever had chickpeas? Bet you didn't have them again. You ever thought about having the juice on some chocolate? I bet you hadn't. I was was like, what? But she replaced it. She was was in this mindset where she was not not going to not have this, so she replaced it, all right? I want y'all to hear. I don't normally title sermons, but I titled this one today, all right? So here's what it is. You ready? You ready for the title? And then I want you to to look at the person beside you. I want you to say, here's what it is. Say say, say this with me. Say, don't stop it. All right? Say, Say, don't stop it. Swap it. All right, look at the person beside you. Say, don't stop it. Swap it. Don't stop it. Swap it. Listen to me. The answer for our freedom, the ability to get over our sinful nature is not to remove it, it's to replace it. Don't try to stop it. Swap it. Charles Duhigg came up with this habit loop. And if you were here for a series we did in the beginning of our church called Patterns, this, you might have remembered this, but it was a habit loop, okay? And here, here's how the habit loop went. It started with a trigger, and then it goes to a habit or a routine, and then there's a reward. And this is what Charles said. He said, everything that you do starts with a trigger. So you're lonely, you're hungry, you're bored, um, you know, whatever that might be. That's the trigger, The trigger moves you into a routine or a habit, so I'm bored, so I jump on Instagram, that's my habit, and that gives me a reward. Even though it's a short reward, it gives me a reward. And we like the reward, so the next time the trigger happens, we go back into that routine. We do it again, and it's a loop. Charles said it's a habit loop. Here's what the world tells us, especially the church world. Here's what they tell us. Change the trigger. Stop feeling that way, right? Isn't that the answer? Man, I'm struggling with these emotions. I'm struggling with these feelings. Well, you just need to stop feeling that way. That seems kind of hard because I didn't try to feel this way to begin with. So they tell us to stop the trigger. Paul's saying replace the routine. Know the trigger is going to continue to happen. You're going to always have moments of loneliness. You're going to always have moments of boredom. You're going to always have moments of weakness. The trigger will always be there. But the ability to be able to help yourself in this situation is not to stop it, but it's to swap it, to be able to replace the routine. Here's what I love. Paul didn't just say this. Paul literally illustrated it, okay? Let me show you. The first 10 or 11, however many verses we just read in Romans 7. We read it through, right? In those verses, Paul said the word I 26 times. 26 times. He said, I do not 
do what I want to do, but instead I do what I, I don't want. 26 times he said I. He said the Spirit of God zero times. So I, 26 times, Spirit of God, zero times. In Romans 8, which we'll read here in a little bit, when he begins to declare freedom from this nature, he uses Spirit of, the God, Spirit of God 15 times, and he says, I, zero times. You see it? So over here, where I'm in bondage, I, 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 that sound like you and me? Sounds like me. I, 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 God, no, 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 God. I, 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 over here. God, 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 I, no I. He turned I down and turned God up. It's a replacement. I, I love that it wasn't I 26 times and God 14, and it wasn't over here God 29 times and, and I 12. It was I, all I know God, all God know I. It was replacement. Because anytime we try to remove something without replacing it, we can guarantee fail. Guarantee it. One of my favorite stories so far during this fast happened with uh, Malcolm. Malcolm is a dentist, and Malcolm has a dentist office um, in Franklin. Franklin? I think it's Franklin. And they are in real, ne- they're, they're really close to a nothing bunt cakes. Y'all know what nothing bunt cakes is? Just a little big cake place. And uh, they go over there a lot as employees and they'll buy cakes and stuff like that. So I think he's like the second or third day of his fast. And what he's been fasting is during the day, he'll do like a smoothie or a juice. And then at night, it's a real Daniel clean meal, like, like uh, ve- you know, grilled vegetables or whatever. And so he's definitely not, bunt cakes is not on the deal, okay? And so he goes to work, it's about the second or third day. And he's doing well, and any time that he gets those hunger pains, the time he would spend eating, he spends praying, right? Reading the word, make its replacement. So like the third day into it, he's working, and somebody from Nothing But Cakes comes over, and they say, hey, we're so nice, or we're so thankful for you guys always coming over, that here's 12 Bunt Cakes for free, and they brought him in his office and just lined them up on the desk. And you can imagine everybody's like, yeah, I'm going to try this one, I'm going to try that one. And there's Malcolm in the back, just like, well. <laughs> and I love this story because, first of all, the devil is so real, right? We've got to understand, the moment you try to deny self to give God praise, he's coming. He's coming. I mean, my daughter never doesn't eat her fries. And the second day of our fast, she was like, I don't want my fries, Dad. Can you put them up? I'm like, I can put them up. I make them, they come up and come down. I can, I can take them. Let me have them. You know what I mean? The devil is so real. That was the first thing. The second thing I realized is it's so good that Malcolm replaced it. He didn't just remove bunt cakes from his diet. He replaced it with prayer and Bible reading because had he just removed them, he would have been in the back like, well, it's just one cake. Because of replacement. I know Malcolm would have failed if it wasn't for replacement. Here's how I know. Because Malcolm loves big bunts and he cannot lie. That's how I know. It's for you, brother. Take that home to your pregnant wife. But it's all about replacement. That's what we have to understand is replacement. There's a process of replacement. We don't stop it. We swap it. But let me ask you this. You ever said, hey, I stopped it once, 
and I did good for like two days or two weeks or two months. I, I did really, really good. And then it came back. Y'all ever had that moment? I was doing really, really good, and, and then it came back. And, and watch this. Tell me if you, if you agree with this. When it came back, it came back worse than it was before I stopped it. Anybody been there? I, I tried to stop it, and man, I was good for two days. I was marching around all confident. I was super good. But, but then it came back two days later, two weeks later, two months later, and it was harder than it was the first time. Uh, what's the reasoning behind that? Here's what's interesting. Jesus actually gives us this illustration in Matthew. He literally gives us the reason of why this would happen in the book of Matthew. He lays it out. Jesus says it. All right, so, so I'm going to illustrate it a little bit. Scout, go ahead and come up here for a second. So we're going to put the, it's like that. You're just going to step on it. All right, sit right here. Okay, so Matthew chapter 12, verse 43 and 45. Okay, 43 through 45. This is, this is what it says. Watch this. Stay here for a moment. When an impure spirit comes out of a person, it goes through arid places seeking rest and does not find it. Then it says, I will return to the house I left. And when it arrives, if it finds the house unoccupied, swept clean and put in order, then it goes and takes with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go in and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. So let me illustrate. This is, this is you, right? This, this, this whole stage is you. This is your heart, your mind, your spirit. And there is sinful nature. Oh, scout, buddy. There's sinful nature here. You're being controlled by, we walked through. He, he represents the chain that's pulling you left and right. This is the sinful nature. So what you say, because people tell you, I got to remove this. So I take it. I remove it. Stand right here, woo, I sweep it clean, put it in order, there, I'm good. We don't replace it with anything. We just leave it, and it, oh, it looks so pretty. I Pinterest it and everything, it's all in order, everything's good. So then watch what Jesus said. Now, you do that, and here comes the spirit. Here comes the nature. It's been out. Trying to find another seat, hadn't found a seat, comes back and goes, ooh, my seat is still open. That place is still for me. Let me go find seven of my, you don't have seven friends, so we won't go, let me go find seven of my friends, and then me and seven of my friends will come and take back our place where we were. So we thought we were doing good, but now we're worse off than we were before we tried to stop. What is going on? What? I, I tried to stop saying that, now I say it worse. I tried to stop looking at that, now I, I look at it worse. What is wrong with me? Because we tried to stop it instead of trying to swap it, okay? We moved it and we made it clean, but the Spirit came back and said, that's my spot. And now it's worse off than it ever was. The goal is not to remove what has its place here. The goal is to replace what has its place there. Let me give you some very practical examples. Let's say that when you get bored, this is the trigger, 
when you get bored, you get on Instagram. Instagram's the routine. It's the, rewar- it's the, it's the, it's the habit. You get on Instagram, and it's fun at first because you're looking at everybody who's less fortunate than you are and trying to make yourself feel better. You know what I mean? But then you start finding people who are better than you, whose marriage is better and whose outfit's better, who has less weight than you. And now, now you're insecure. Now you're comparing yourself to them, and now, now you're a complete wreck, right? So trigger, routine, reward. The reward was very short. Now it's not a reward. It's a problem. So what do we say? All right, I need to remove that. So now when the trigger comes, we don't have anything to do. We just, I'm, I'm bored. What am I going to do? I'm bored. And it gives time for those spirits to come back even more. So let me give you practical. Practical would be, stand up for a second and remove you. Practical would be when I get bored, instead of getting on Instagram, I'm going to read a book. Right? When, when I'm going to get bored. So when bored comes, I don't pick up my phone. I pick up a book. And now, hopefully, it's a good book. Don't be picking up, like, Twilight and all that mess. Um, and so you pick it up, and, um, you know, Team, team Bell, I don't even know what their names were, uh, Team Wolf. And so you, you, you're reading the book, and, and now, now there's a different reward because there is an enjoyment, but there's no insecurity. You ain't comparing yourself to the dude who always took his shirt off in the movies, right? You don't know that. And so there's no comparison there, and then there's a different reward. And the more you do this, when that trigger comes, this is the routine. The routine's no longer to get on your phone. The routine's now to read a book. When you get lonely, and, and that's the trigger, and, and, and don't go anywhere, I'm going to need you. And you get triggered, here, here, you can sit here. You get, you get lonely, and, and other emotions come, right? And that trigger hits, and normally your routine would be to go on a website, you know what I mean? And, and that website gives a reward for a very short time, but then after that it becomes a problem. And what, what this would look like practically is, is you start to get lonely and those other feelings, and you go to the gym, <laughs> You get a gym membership or you go jogging or, or whatever. You understand I'm giving you very practical processes of replacement. It's figuring out not the trigger. If you're not careful, you try to fix the trigger. I'm not going to feel bored ever again. Yes, you will. I'm never going to feel lonely again. Yes, you will. I'm going to do an entire series called In My Feelings. And we're going to talk about depression and fear, anxiety, all these things. Listen, it's going to be huge for you. But right now, hear me. We're not talking about the trigger. We're talking about the routine. We're talking about where the trigger takes you. You're supposed to replace that process. Whatever it is you do, it's a natural replacement. Can I show you how Paul said it in Romans 8? I love this. It's so powerful. So we, we read Romans 7. I do not. I do not. Here's what he says in Romans 8. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did it by sending his son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live, watch this, do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. So come back, Scott, because I'm about to use you again. Come back. All right. The mind governed by the flesh, that space consumed by your sinful nature, those who live according to the flesh have their mindset on what the flesh desires. So when he's in the spot, when he's in the seat, the focus is what my flesh desires. But those who live, stand up, this is going to be fun for you. It's going to be like, is it Catholic church? You come up and down. But, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mindset on what the Spirit desires. So if he's in the seat, what my flesh desires. If Spirit's in the seat, what Spirit desires. Making sense? The mind governed by the flesh, come back, is death. When he's here, it's death. It may not seem like death yet, but it will be death. 
death to your marriage, death to your ability to love your kids, death to your job, death to your finances, because it will continue the process of seven more, seven more, seven more, seven more, as long as they got the seat. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their mind set on the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. When you replace it with a new routine, now it's life and peace. I understand that reading a book ain't as fun as being on Instagram. I understand. I understand that getting a devotional isn't as fun as being on Facebook. I understand. But one of them leads to death, and one of them leads to life. So it may not be fun, but if you'll get it into a habit, into a routine, it'll become a habit, and you'll start to see all this life in every area, marriage, parenting, all these areas. Okay. Um, the mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. The moment you accepted Christ as your Savior, the Spirit of God became in you. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. One of these verses is so powerful, but understand that. The Spirit is not something you get added on to salvation. The moment you accepted Christ, His Spirit came, okay? And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. There it is. If you don't belong to Christ, you don't have the Spirit. So if you have the Spirit of Christ, you belong to Christ. If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit, here it is, here's my verse. Come back right here for a second. And if the Spirit of Him Spirit of God, who raised Jesus from the dead, is living in you. He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Let me break some of this down real quick. We're almost done. Replacement of routine. There is a natural replacement and there's a supernatural replacement. Natural replacement is read a book. Natural replacement is go jogging. Natural replacement is call a friend. Go get a burger. What, what? Those are natural replacements. I have to throw that one in there. But they work. They, they do work. But they're natural. Then there's supernatural replacements. Instead of reading a book, you're reading the Bible. Instead of going jogging, you're going to pray. These are even harder to do. Because again, I told you, the devil will send you 12 bunt cakes to your house to try to stop you, all right? If you've ever tried to get up in the morning and read your Bible, I'd be like this. That's, you, you know the difficulty of it. But when you put supernatural replacement, something special happens, okay? And, and I, I was asking for God to help me with this because I really wanted an example because, hey, move that stool for me for a second and just let's just, but just stand right here. I really wanted to illustrate it for you because as a church, we're, we're doing this, we're turning down ourselves, we're turning up God, and now, now here's the practical because when you leave here, you've got to start thinking about what routines are in your life that you need to replace, right? So now you're thinking about it, and now I'm giving you natural examples, jogging, reading a book, doing this, doing, so now you're processing that, okay, okay, I can do this, and, but now I'm telling you that there's a supernatural replacement, reading the Bible, prayer, these kind of things, so I really wanted a way to show you this, and here's what the Lord told me. Come here for a second. All right. This is called arm wrestling, okay, in case you've never seen it before. This is what I picture with a natural replacement and my sinful nature. This, this is what I see. I might be able to win once or twice. It depends on how strong he is, right? 
So, so I might be able to win once. Can you let me win? I might be able to win once. I might have to eat a donut just to do this sermon illustration. So this is, this is the natural replacement. Natural replacement. I, I just, I'm doing good. I win one time. But then, but then now you win. Now I lose. And then, don't even get me started on what happens if, if I win once and he leaves. And then he comes back with seven of his friends. Now it's me versus seven. And I can't do this. Does anybody else have this picture in your life where it's you and your sinful nature and you try and try and try and try and try and try and you, oh, I almost, I almost got it. I almost got it. And you might win one time. Woo, I won. I didn't do that. Woo. Next week, you lose. And I don't understand. And this is the problem with the way we communicate, communicate Christianity. Because we think Christian means do your best job naturally. And it doesn't work that way. God never intended for you to win this on your own. So the natural replacement, it can work. It really can. Listen, all them cheap workout things they put online, drink this peel, eat this fruit, and it'll go, it might work. But there's nothing better than just going to the gym. You know what I mean? So this might work. But here's what the Lord showed me. Can you put Romans 8:11 back up there for a second? I thought this was interesting. This is me naturally. Now let's talk about supernatural. Watch this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in me, you too, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm the one up here. If the spirit of him, spirit of who? God, who raised Jesus from the dead, that is still the best miracle of all time. God is still the goat. You know what I'm saying? This is still the best to raise Christ from the dead is still the best. If that same spirit that did the best thing that's ever been done is in you. Oh, he's in the pastor. Bull. He's in you and me. It don't matter how many letters you put in front and behind my name. I need it like you need it. And if that same spirit's in me, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to my mortal body because the spirit who lives in me. So now what I see is instead of natural replacement, I need supernatural replacement, right? Hey, where's my replacement? Don't go nowhere. Where's my replacement? Uh, somewhere I've got a replacement. I got a supernatural 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 replacement. I can try natural all I want to try. This is what I'm talking about. I get to be like this. I bet you won't. Do some, sucker. Natural replacement. Supernatural replacement. Hear me. The answer to your issue is not to stop it. It's to swap it. And you can swap it with natural all you want. And it might work. But once you understand the power of supernatural and you start replacing it with the Bible and with prayer and with devotionals in church and these kind of things, there's a power beyond you, outside of you. And what you couldn't do, he now does. And when sometimes, sometimes I won, sometimes I lost, sometimes I won, he never loses. Can we just try this for just, just for fun? 
try not to break his arm because he plays the drums. That's just, I, it's just fun for me because you was all, you know, you were being all strong and I couldn't beat you a minute ago. And uh, go. Let's see. Uh, uh, all right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. There we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay, now don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Stay here. Stay here. I just want to show the rock off from the rock goes to our church. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> this is so powerful to me because this is Romans 8 11. And if you're not careful, the enemy will tell you, you don't have this. And you don't have this. Andrea has this. But, but the, the Spirit of God is in you because you're in Christ. And so whatever it is that's overcoming you, quit trying to stop it. Doesn't, you'll stop it for a day or two, maybe even a year or two if you're really good. But you will eventually fail. And God knew it, which is why he sent Jesus. He said, when you accept Christ, there's a spirit that comes in you, and it's the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And if you will replace your routine with a routine that involves the spirit of God, those things will be beat easily, and it'll be less about you and more about God. Amen? Do me a favor. Give, give it up real quick for my, my helpers. Take, take that with you real quick. Next week, so trigger, routine, reward, reward. Next week, we're going to talk about the reward and how that plays into our ability to be set free from our chains. Because it's the law of the Spirit that set me free from the law of sin and death. I just want to pray over you this morning. And here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray that, A, the Spirit would make very aware to you the routines in your life that need replacing. If you really want to know right now, ask your spouse. They'll tell you real quick. Routines that just need to be replaced. And then I'm going to pray that you would replace it with something supernatural. Praying, reading the Bible, going to church. Again, you want to do, you want to do natural, do it. It could very well work. But I'm telling you, supernatural is guaranteed. Guaranteed. It's not going to be easy. It's a process because it's constantly turning yourself down and turning God up. But it will work. Malcolm was able to say no to 12 bunt cakes. It works. Amen? Lord, I thank you for who you are, your faithfulness. I thank you for your word. I thank you for Paul, who made sure to tell us that it's not always as easy as it sounds, but that there is difficulty and wanting to do what God wants for us and wanting to do what we want for us. But then he told us, Romans 8, chapter or verse 2, that it was the law of the Spirit that replaced the law of sin and death. And he's showing us not to stop it, but to swap it. And so I pray right now for every person that's here, every person that's watching online, I pray you'd begin to reveal to them routines in their life that are not healthy, routines that they know they want to be able to overcome. They have routines right now that are hurting their marriages, routines that are hurting their ability to parent their kids, routine that is hurting their finances, hurting their work. And God, they want so bad to stop it. I know they do. And they want so bad to, to live for you and to serve you, and you want them to. And I pray that as they realize those routines, they would come to you for a supernatural replacement. 
they would find ways to put in time of prayer and time of reading your word things that will create new rewards that then will create new routines that will start setting them free in so many areas. Lord, we love you. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for that spirit that you gave us that the moment we begin to live in Christ, we get that supernatural spirit to overcome things that we couldn't with our own strength, but we do it with your strength. For your word says, when I'm at my weakest, I'm at my strongest. And the reason is, is because it's your strength and not my strength. Let us operate in your strength, not in our strength. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,